and welcome to episode 36 of the Hughes Musings podcast. Uh, my name is John, and because it's interview season again, uh, we don't have the lovely Carol with us. She's away being amazing and looking after all these lovely folks that need looking after during the coronavirus pandemic. So she's away doing that, and uh, I have another fantastic guest uh, for the interview season. Uh, I'm very, very lucky. This is a wonderful person that I met out in Egypt as well. Um, she was a guest act for us out there, and uh, we've brought her along today to talk about something a bit more serious, a bit more in-depth than we normally do. It's just not a normal chatty catch-up, but we are going to say hello, have a quick catch-up before we start. So, Hayley, hi, how are you? Hello, my darling. I'm very well. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm pretty good. Um, I've I've got a bit of an issue though. Um, oh, go on. I, I've got a bit of uh, tendonitis, so uh, Ooh, I've been painful. moaning about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like my my mobility is bad. I am like hobbling around the flat like a ninety year old person at the moment. So oh, poor okay, Carol goes away and looks after all the all the old folk, and then comes home and looks like <sighs> looks after an old folk by proxy. You do realise, though, we've got to that age now where mm. as soon as we get a little bit of a pain, you know, like a pain in your shoulder or something, that's going, you think to yourself, that's, gonna, that's, that's not going to go. That's going to stay with you till the end of time. Yeah, that's it. That's, like, we're rapidly approaching middle age now, so, like... Rapidly? What? I'm, I'm woo, over the hill. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> not even close. No, as they say, black don't crack. Like, you, you, oh, you, God, you, no. you look about 10 years younger than I do. Oh, I, do you know what? At, at, at work at the moment, I've got a part-time job working in a supermarket and they all thought I was 28. Get you. I have never been so happy in my life because <laughs> if, you, if you ever see any of my photos, a lot of my friends call me Benjamin Button because yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, I looked 40 when I was 14 yeah. and now I'm nearly 40. I look 28. That'll do. I'll, I'll take that. That's it. Like I've I'll seen some pictures of you back when you were doing all the radio stuff, and like honestly, <laughs> you look older there than you do now. Yeah, <laughs> you are absolutely Benjamin Buttoning live. Yes. Well, well played, well played. Marvelous. Um, whereas I think I sort of like defined a look at around the age of twenty, and I've I'm kind of stuck with it. that, and I'm still <laughs> I still pretty much look exactly the same now. Well, I that's have, good though. I have potentially like got Reeves. a bit fatter. And I've got a bit more of a beard and a little less hair, but that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm essentially Keanu Reeves in life. Yeah, exactly. He's just from Bill and Ted. He's not really not aged. No, he's just no, stayed. just his, his face has gone a little bit plumper. And just that's a little bit. It. Yeah, just it's like fair yeah. enough, Keanu. Like you're fifty something, mate. Like fair play. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, if I look that good at fifty, I'll be quite happy. Marvelous. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, as we were saying, uh, we did meet abroad, uh, out in the wonderful, wonderful Egypt, uh, where you were a guest act. I was. And, uh, we sort of formed a very strong friendship there. Uh, we've had, uh, Natasha and Alan on, on previous interview episodes. Uh, so the regular muses, uh, we'll know all about the season in Egypt, so we're not going to talk about that today. Because as I, I was going to say, even got... even my my um, my one drink food home. The the routine. <laughs> the routine. I mean, we we can talk about the routine if you like. I mean, it's <laughs> it was pretty famous. Like even even legendary. <laughs> even the famous taxi driver that is Mimi knew that he knew the routine inside out. 
<laughs> right, so, so basically, let me explain to you listeners. Basically, because I just normally they'd all go out on the on the the day that I I flew in. So I'd get in, I'd, I'd fly, I'd land at about five six o'clock. So I'd miss dinner. So I'd go and watch the shows, and we'd all go out afterwards to the bars and stuff like that. However, me, I was I'd miss dinner, so I was starving all the time. <laughs> so there was just a routine. So I'd basically come out with you for one drink, be sociable, grab a McDonald's and straight back to bed. Thank you very much. Good night. See you later. Bye. <laughs> that was it. Everybody knew the routine. Every time. Mimi was ready, waiting in a taxi, just never bothered yeah. driving anywhere else. You know, he was like, no, it's didn't. cool. Yeah, he just sat outside the bar and just waited because there was no point in him going away to take another job. He'd just be like, no, it's cool. I'm getting ready to go to McDonald's. An hour. Everybody else leave me alone. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so that's it. That's what I'd do. <laughs> yeah amazing so how has lockdown been for you in general how are you getting on there it's been interesting i mean uh like i said i've got a part-time job in a supermarket so i have been lucky that i've been able to to get some um work in uh but i have been doing like online reluctantly at the start i've got to say mm. um because i was like i saw everybody else starting to do like facebook lives i was like nope nope not gonna do it nope mm-hmm. and then my friend twisted my arm and then so i ended up doing about six um right. and they were interesting I, I i i it felt really bizarre i'm not gonna lie because as a performer you rely on the rapport you have with the audience and that mm. audience interaction and the applause at the end and when you're yeah when you get to the bit at the end of the song you're like oh you, you'll, you'll you'll get a message pop on your message going oh they love that song i'm like yeah the but, little hand clap so yeah yeah all the hand claps oh my god this is my favorite song and i'm like yeah but i can't hear you it's but, just not the yeah. same yeah to <laughs> get a moment of uh, yeah um i've yeah. found that i've been doing a thing so I've, I've been doing a few charity concerts and things like that for certain people and trying to raise awareness for a local hospice in East Kilbride, okay. which is Kilbride Hospice, and just just plugging that there, just, just extra plugs all the time. It's all about Kilbride Hospice at the moment. Um, but so I've been doing the, these charity concerts, and I found that at the end of every song, because it's so ingrained in me. So I'll finish the song and go, oh, "Thank you very much." Like <laughs> like full on cabaret bar, piano bar style. You know what I mean? Everybody, you so used to everyone chatting and drinking. Yeah, little 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 golf clap, and you go, oh, "Thank you very much." And then you just well, move on to the next song. And I actually had to address it like in the middle of the concert the other day because like, I was like, I keep saying it, there's nobody in the room and there's no reaction and it feels weird. So I just, like, I just openly just said to the entire audience that were watching, I was like, if I just keep saying thank you very much, it's pure habit. I just can't stop myself. Well, I found that, well, when I did Sister Act, the director said I had a nervous tick I'm right. like, oh, what's so you got, you've got a stage tick. I'm like, what's a stage tick? He went, like, you tap your foot to the beat of the music. You go, you go one, two, three, kick. You do a bit of a kick on the fourth beat. Right. <laughs> I went, okay, maybe that's me trying to conduct my band at the same time. Um, yeah, so I was going to say that's that. uh, that's that's the gigger <laughs> in you. That's the that's the <laughs> band leader and you know cabaret and things like that. Exactly. It's, yeah, that's that. Yeah. So I managed to get rid of that kicky stage tick. But then watching my videos back, I've realised that I've got another stage tick, which I laugh after each song. I have a nervous right. laugh. So I'll go and I'll go, <laughs> thank you very much. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? 
and I've been watching all the, and this is the really bad thing because this is where you become your worst critic. You're technically, you're doing these show reels yeah. and you're going back and looking at the performances that you do to no one. Um, yeah. Well, not to no one, but you know, like to, to your wall. And um, I have a, I have a, I have a stage tick of, I laugh after every single song. <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, I, I mean, like, maybe it's just a mental thing of like, you're going from singing to speaking, so you just have to like, like, change that. You need to like reset. Yeah, just like switch <laughs> modes. You know, singing, speaking. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Like, Ain't nobody loves me better than you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for <laughs> just you just switch mode. That's all it is. It's just a button in your brain that goes, <laughs> and then next. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, that's 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 something I have to address now. Oh really? Oh, I, I, I honestly don't think you need to address that. I think that is just a joyous thing in life that you need, just need to embrace. Embrace that. <laughs> Just a silly little giggle. Either that or just, just make a pure gimmick thing out of it and just say it at the start, hey! at the start of every set you do. Oh, by the way, after every song and before I speak, I'm going to go, because <laughs> I just can't stop myself. And honestly, I reckon like every audience member will be on board and they'll be waiting for the laugh. Oh, do you know what I should do? Every time I do it, somebody should have a drink. It's laugh bingo. Hayley laugh bingo. Oh. Have a drink and see who gets wasted by the end of my set. There you, you go. In, in some of like the holiday camps and things like that and the resorts that you work in, that'd go down an absolute storm. <laughs> the Haley drinking game. I love it. Drink! <laughs> <laughs> there she goes. Oh, that was a double. <laughs> I tell you what, like we, we should just keep it going through this interview and we'll play a huge musings drinking game. <laughs> I think See, there you go, there it is. Already, everybody will be hammered. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Good grief. Good <laughs> grief. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to catch up with you. It's great to have you here. Um, as I said, like, normally we just have a catch-up and just sort of say how we know each other and some special memories, of which we have lots, and I will definitely invite you back at another time. Breakfast, Egypt, that's all I have to say. Lots of stories. We have many <laughs> stories. <laughs> like roof drinks, and uh, me and Carol were talking about you the other day, of like our little routine that we had in Cyprus, if you come up to ours, <gasps> Crisps. we'd get... Yeah, two big, massive bags of crisps, and we just, you know, have a few drinks, and we just eat packs of crisps, and just set the world to rights. The three of us, exactly. it was great. Yeah, yeah, rum great. and crisps. What a great evening! Uh, so we do have lots of amazing memories together because we do. I think you pretty much were one of the regulars out on every single season that I did. Oh, great! So, so you know. Um, have lots of special memories of traveling and being abroad and you know like all the seasons that i did with tui and stuff like that you knew me before i met carol and you know which is really bizarre it's really bizarre the fact that like you say we've known each other for that long now i knew other people before they came into your yeah for that it's it's just quite bizarre for me yeah and you know i think i think i met you before you met andrew as well yeah yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah. you know we've known each other for me and Tash were saying this like it's nearly 10 years wow since Egypt like wow. it was 2011 12 12 yeah um so not far off 10 years of knowing each other wow so like eight eight years time. last week it was yeah so that's a long time i mean you know so lots of memories and lots of things to talk about but the reason i've invited you on today so me and carol were saying the other day that we don't really feel that we're in a position to or equipped to um properly talk about the the black lives matter movement and what that means to people um in the uk and across the world uh we can do research and we can educate ourselves which is a a, a big part of what's happening is is to ask in you know people from other cultures and white people to educate themselves in what it means and and why it's happening which i think it has done a lot for um but you know as a pure commentary on what's happening we didn't really feel equipped like we weren't going to start a discussion between me and carol about what's happening because we weren't in a position to do so um and obviously you know this is a, will have affected you in a different way um and i just wanted to talk about like what's happening how that's made you feel and how that has you know how you sort of grown up with you know being um a black person in a predominantly white community i okay i'll start from the i'll start from the beginning yeah really yeah i didn't really notice at first right i didn't notice any of this and it's weird i think it's like I was your children. I was. I wasn't. I was never excluded from anything. Never excluded. Mm-hmm. My mum made sure of that never excluded. Um, and I had predominantly white friends because the, the where I grew up, most of my black friends were my cousins. So I didn't yeah. really have any mm-hmm. black friends, but I had obviously black family. Um, and nothing really affected me until I moved to Manchester when I was seventeen, and things just began to shift a little bit because mm-hmm. I wasn't in the Maybe you could call it a bubble. Maybe you could call it a safety net of right, so being in my hometown. Where did you grow up then? Uh, so I grew up in Nottingham. I grew up uh, just in a little village just outside Nottingham. And right. Nottingham's quite diverse anyway. Mm-hmm. But I was, yep. I was in the village outside and my, my grandparents came over uh, in 1960. And right. they, settled in, they settled there. And everybody, my grandparents, my mum, worked so hard to make sure that my generation would never feel that the way that they felt when they came up. No blacks, no Irish, no, no dogs. Mm-hmm. That's what they met with when they came over. Um, so I was lucky. Um, but like I say, I moved to Manchester when I was 17 and things started to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't put it down to the colour of my skin at first. I didn't think that I was getting negative negativity from people because of the colour of my skin. I just thought it was because I was loud, I was confident Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I just wanted to succeed and once again things started happening in my life that I didn't put down because of the colour I I don't think I I don't think naive's the right word but I didn't put down to the colour of my skin didn't because I just didn't I I just 
I, it's not I was in denial, but it just, it didn't occur to me. Yeah, I get it. It didn't so occur to me. Because you hadn't had, the, had that kind of prejudice growing up, you didn't yeah. attribute it that way. Well, you thought it was a personality thing rather than a racial thing. Yeah, I didn't think I had that when I was a kid until mm. now. Yeah. I, I've had, which yeah. unfortunately, I am at that age now where my mum's my like been totally honest with me. I've had time to look back at mm. my past, at what happened, at what's happened and thinking, oh my, oh my goodness, oh my God. That, was that because... So, for example, right. the other day I I put up um, I've all all I've been doing on on Facebook. I don't I'm not really I didn't want to I wasn't sharing anything mm-hmm. from other people. I wasn't no. sharing posts. I wasn't sharing videos. I didn't want to share that. I wanted people to understand where I was coming from at yeah. a personal level because I feel that people would be more warming to that i think the word is more understanding with the fact that it's me talking to them rather than me trying to share yeah. a video from america i get you so i just started i started telling stories mm-hmm. true stories obviously so I, I it took me a while but i found a photo from when i was in pantomime my very first pantomime my first professional big pantomime mm-hmm. in 2006 and it was a picture of me in uh, a tiger lily outfit for peter pan that I was wearing white tights. Yeah, yeah. And that was, and that, and at the time I didn't think about it until the sound and the sound and lighting guys went, "Hey, do you need to change your tights? You look ridiculous. You need to get some of your own colour tights." I went, "What? You, eh?" And that's when everything. It was that Christmas that everything started to the penny started to drop. Right. Um, with the fact that I was I was the only black girl in my dance school when I was a kid, mm. so. And I didn't even know until earlier this year that ballet shoes and, and ballet tights and stuff like that were meant to match the colour of your skin. I did not know that. Mm. I didn't know that. And it was so sad that I didn't know that. But my mum protected So I was part of the dance school. And to make sure that I didn't feel any different, my mum protected me so much. So with costumes, costumes would arrive. Mm. They wouldn't suit me. So my mum changed them before I had a chance to get them. So I right. wouldn't feel different. My mum did my makeup, my mum did my hair, but there were so many, opp- so many opportunities, so many times that this happened to me so regularly. So when I started to get older, uh, for example, uh, one of my first entertainment jobs, I got told I wasn't allowed braids in my hair. Right. But I had to have my hair straight. And I went, have you seen my hair straight? I, the braids are much neater. It means I can have it like the same as everybody else. No, you're not allowed your hair in braids. And they wouldn't give me a decent reason. And now looking back on it, I know why. And it, they, they, it wasn't nice. And uh, a few of my friends, mm. he was a hairdresser, he stuck up for me, he went, this is part of her ethnicity. You can't tell yeah, her she can't yeah. have her hair in braids. So that was my first um, experience in entertainment of not, n- not being understood, not having your, your ethnicity or your heritage understood. And then, like I say, it was the whole growing up thing um, going to makeup um, and saying, oh, have you got your own foundation? Because we don't cater for darker skin. Why? Why yeah. don't you cater for darker skin? And, and it was just all these little things. But the, the biggest thing for me was, in fact, you were there. You were there in Egypt this season when this happened, and I will never forget it. Um, one of my old primary school teachers, she hated me, and I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. I just thought she thought I was loud. I was, and she kept calling me uppity. 
She kept yeah. calling me uppity. And yeah. I didn't understand what that word meant until I read Michelle Obama's book recently. I, it, it didn't occur to me. The, and now yeah. for me, this mm. all this is just dropping in. And she said I wouldn't make it. I was too loud. Too, but she only ever picked on me. Mm. Only ever picked so, on me. Nobody else in my class. Just for the muses out there who unfortunately don't understand what uppity means the 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 source of that word is 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 my is mired in in racial stigma yeah it is it, it, it's it's basically you're telling it she's a she's a strong black woman ignorant arrogant uppity you're you're being too loud you're being too uppity you're being traditionally there was always an unfortunate word that came after uppity yeah, uh, I'm not going to say it because... I don't it, want to say it either, yeah. but everyone can put it's, two yeah. two together and unfortunately yeah. that's where that word comes from. Um, that is where that word it's, comes it's from. It's never a good thing to call somebody. Um, and I no, think a lot of people don't really realise that. Like, I mean, no, most people wouldn't know the, the the source of that, you know? So I just, no. I just wanted to clarify just because there oh, would okay. be people sort of not understanding what is wrong with that, but it's, it's a really bad word. And, yeah, you know, that hearts straight away very early on in this interview, the fact that like racism and discrimination is seeded in our society yeah. in so many places that we don't realize. And sorry yeah, to cut you is. off there and we'll go back to you. No, it's okay. I just it's fine. wanted to just take the moment there because a lot of people wouldn't really understand what was wrong with that word uppity. Um, yeah. But it was, it was always attributed to black people who, who mm -hmm. white black people, women, especially black women, yeah. especially, but yeah, black people yeah. who white people thought were trying to talk out of their place. Exactly. It was, it was a word to try and keep black people in their place. Yes, that's yes. exactly. Um, but back to the story. I remember, I remember you getting very, very nervous that night, and I'd never really yeah. seen you nervous before because obviously, you know, you've worked in the entertainment industry for a long time. When we met in 2012, we'd both be working in the industry for a really long time um at that point and i'd never seen you get nervous about anything and and i, I you your whole demeanor had changed and i felt like you were sort of reverting back to a to, my child, you, so. yeah, to a person that you used to be um um yeah. so yeah sorry to cut off your story there but oh, it's okay it was it was it was i, I got more, nervous yeah. i i felt like i was back at school i felt that she was ready to tell me to sit down and shut up yeah. i was ready for that however for some reason, I did two shows in Egypt that week. I don't know why. The first show, and then she, I remember, oh, this, that was it. I did two shows, because we did, we did one in the, in the main place, and then we did one in the piano bar. Mm -hmm. um, and I did the piano bar first, and then she started going round to the whole bar saying, I taught that girl, I said she'd do well, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to let you have that moment. I'm going to let you have that moment. Mm -hmm. I look back on it and I am actually thankful to her mm. because if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for her being like that towards me, I wouldn't be where I am now. It's all those, it's all these little things now that have come to the forefront of my mind because we've had time mm. during lockdown, because Black Lives Matter, because all this has just erupted mm. so much. And also because of social media, everybody has a phone now. It's like, I think Will Smith did a quote saying racism has always existed. It's the fact that we now have camera phones or we yeah. now, it's now filmed. So Absolutely. you see a lot more. That's it. Um, I mean, you know, this whole, this whole 
movement that has started because of what's happened and Black Lives Matter has become probably the first unified global movement about yeah. the anti-racism. And it's, it's, it's obviously needed to happen for a really long time. Well, do you know what's lovely to see as well? So there was Black Lives Matter when Breonna Taylor was shot. But there's always been marches and like uncles and aunties have said, oh, they marched when the Brixton riots was on Mm -hmm. and people marched and stuff like that. But the thing that's changed these days is the fact that black and white people are marching together. Yeah, so that's that's been like a really... Yeah, it's huge. Uh, um, Mm. It's not just black people march. It's not like the Martin Luther King Mm. marches where it's black black and white people marching together in solidarity. That's also one thing I've noticed is that I am getting a lot of messages from people, not negative at all, saying, Mm. we don't know what to say to you. We're sorry. And I went, or we don't know what to say to you. We want to learn. And that's the thing. We want to learn how you're feeling. We want to learn what you've been through. We're reading up on this. We're reading up on that. Mm -hmm. And even myself, I'm reading up on stuff. For example, like I say, Michelle Obama's book. Oh my goodness. It is one of the best books I've ever read Mm -hmm. purely because it says of, of, of their struggle, even at the white house. Mm. And they were the most powerful people in the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, as as political leaders of generation, like, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama are two of the most respected political leaders of a generation. Exactly, and they couldn't hit them with scandals, they couldn't hit them with anything, so they hit the colour of their skin, and that's the only way that they could. Yeah. And it's just been, it's been, do you know what, even in the, the whole George Floyd thing, being murdered, and mm. the whole, the, 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 okay, there's been some rioters that have jumped on the bandwagon because they feel like they want to riot, However, yeah. out of this, for me personally, it's been wonderful being able to share my experiences with people that just didn't get it. Mm. And now for the people trying to explain the word privilege, um, I po- somebody posted something, I can't remember his name, unfortunately. I, 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 that's the only thing I've reposted because he, he said, how can I feel? And I said, he said, um, I know a lot of you are resentful with the fact that um, the same white privilege when some of us grew up in a council house or some of us are struggling, some of us are this, some of us are that. Yeah. But let me tell you this, privilege doesn't mean money. Privilege, no. is, privilege means not having to Google somewhere before you go there just in case you're not welcome. Yeah. Privilege is not being stared at walking down the road. Privilege is being able to walk past a police officer and, 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 and feel okay with it. You know, it's, it's loads of... That's yeah. what he said. Like, that's what he said about privilege and trying to explain think, privilege in a way. Yeah, I think people have the connotation of the fact that when you say privilege, people think that that means that they are prosperous in some way. Privilege yeah. doesn't mean prosperity. Privilege means that that you are given something inherently in in something that belongs to you like so 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 when people talk about white privilege it's not the fact of white prosperity although years ago a lot of the time it did mean that but you know even moving into the modern generation and right here right now in present day white privilege means that we don't have to think about persecution 
We don't have to think about being discriminated against. We don't have to think about our security walking down the street. That is our privilege. Our privilege as Caucasian people is, has been ignorance and not through arrogance, although unfortunately what's happened has shown that some people are arrogant about their position, but it's it's more about the fact that we don't have to think about those things is the fact that you know i can walk down the street and be you know comfortable in the fact that like i'm not going to be judged or abused due to being a caucasian person that's our yeah. privilege it's not about yeah. having money it's not about getting ahead because of you know the color of the skin but it's more about having security and not having to worry about those other things in the world that's our privilege yeah, yeah. that's exactly it and it's even harder sometimes because my husband's white mm. so <laughs> he's like oh let's go to for example he'd love to go to eastern europe <laughs> no. Right. no 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 like he'd love to go to Georgia. he's got like work colleagues that lived out in georgia or right. he wants to go to st petersburg not a chance or that you get me out there no 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 because it's um i should say some some places aren't welcoming and they still aren't and they never will be um well, and it is it is sad the fact that i've got to i do have to google places to look um yeah. and there are certain places that you just can't go but I'd, i'm not saying that's just for for black people either because if you went to russia and you're gay then that wouldn't that's sit it. well I for mean... you either so it's it's like i've had a lot of people um try to say oh my god i didn't even think of that or i didn't even think mm. of that and i went but I, I don't expect you to because i didn't think of that mm. and part Absolutely. of me slightly feels should I, I, I'm just questioning myself at the start of the week, should I feel ashamed for not addressing this sooner? Or have I suppressed this, seen it, and just gone with it? And I, not... and I don't think there's any shame there at all. Um, I think what has happened, like, if you feel that way, it means that there's a change in the thinking process. And I think this is a lot of what this movement has done for us recently and hope this hopefully this perpetuates into something that is going to change things uh, the big mm. difference as you said is inclusivity so in the 60s um with martin luther king and things like that black people protested for their human rights but it was black people for black people mm -hmm. um now the Black Lives Matter seems to be very inclusive. It's all about black people wanting their human rights and civil rights, like which is absolutely perfectly correct. Um, should it shouldn't be a question, um, but also it's about as um, as white as white people. It's about us educating ourselves and realizing the things in our society and the things in our community that, 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 that derive from discrimination and racism. 
It's about an education. So the fact that you're feeling like that means that there hopefully is a change in the thought process. If you're thinking, maybe I should have brought this up sooner, it means that you've, you now feel that there is an opportunity to do that. Hopefully what this has done is, is open up a conversation like we're having right now that is two people talking about racial discrimination and racial issues in our community. So I, I got a message. Really... Go on, sorry. No, sorry, no, it's all right. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm glad you've said that because like I say, everybody's learning like, and yeah. I, even I'm learning and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Oh my God, I didn't know that. And mm. it's actually wonderful to say that they're, I've just had so many people say, I went to a Black Lives Matter march. I was like, wow, because I couldn't. Mm. I, I, I personally didn't want to go purely because of the whole social distancing thing and, and, and me being ill at the moment. So I, I mm. just didn't, I couldn't go near anybody. Um, but oh, by, by the way, just to your listeners, it's not COVID. Thank you. <laughs> um and she was like i said how did I, I i changed the question and went how did it make you feel mm. she's like i sat and listened mm-hmm. i said i felt empowered but i sat and listened to people's stories to i sat and chatted i was like that's the first step because mm-hmm. I know for, for a fact, I, I look down people's, so weirdly enough, I've looked down people's Facebook profile friendships. Mm. And I'm the only black person on their friends list. So I made a point of saying, go and make a friend with a black person. We're, we're fabulous. But no, seriously, go and chat to somebody other than me. Mm. <laughs> uh, go, to, go, go to your local Afro-Caribbean centre. Go and have a meal with them when you can. Go and... Go to Liverpool, for example. Go into the National Slave Museum. Go, because that opened my eyes, me and my mum. Yeah, it really does. I've, I've been there as well. Wow, wow. And to know that most of the slaves went to my family's island is even more mm. like the opening of St. Kitts. I was like, whoa. But what also, I, was, I got a message from my friend. And she said, I was talking to my son about racism. He's only three. Talking to my son about racism today mm. and trying to get him to understand a black man came on the TV and I said to him, this man is black because of the, his skin colour is black. His reply was, but mummy, his hands, his palms are white, so we are all the same. My heart just burst and I hugged him and said, yes, baby, we are all equal. Nobody's born racist and it's a learned behaviour that needs to be eradicated. That melted my heart from a yeah. three-year-old three saying, we are all the same. And it's, and it's wonderful to see that, like you say, children, um, for example, speaking to, to our friend Mikey, and he said that when he was a child, his teacher asked him to describe his best friend. Mm. And he said, yeah, she's the one with curly hair. She's black. But he said, she's the one with curly hair. Because, Didn't yeah. mention her colour. Yeah, because that's what yeah. they do. Yeah. They don't mention colour at all. They, they will mention everything. Yeah, it wasn't a defining colour. characteristic, you know. Mm-hmm. No, they mention everything but colour. And, and it just makes me think it, it, it is taught. So you're either, if, if the mm-hmm. prejudice is already within the family unit, then it will carry on and, and kids mm-hmm. pick up on everything. Kids pick up on everything. See, um, I think 
the big problem there is though that it's not it's not necessarily the family unit and it's not as we were saying earlier it's not necessarily overt racism a lot of our discriminatory and racist behavior comes from systematic the yeah the institution that we live in the government that we live in um and its foundations um and a lot of the times when we are being discriminatory in some way some people don't know and this is hopefully one of the good things is that it started that education process that people well, are asking those questions now yeah i've just noticed i've had to i've had a bit i've, I've only had one running this week Right. With somebody saying about all lives matter. I went, all lives do matter. Right. But right now, your house is on fire. Yeah. It's the black houses that are on fire. We need to yeah. put the black house, we need to put those black houses out. So at the moment, I'm not saying that all lives don't matter. I'm saying that right now, it's the Black Lives Matter story and it's their chance to speak. And uh, I got a lot of things thrown in my face, personal things. They couldn't come to me with facts, so they hit me personally. Mm. and I've had a lot of people come to my rescue on social media with that. With, with, they were hitting them back with the facts. I think that's amazing. I had my friend Tony. He was on the Manchester Pride Committee. He runs a few bars down at Canal Street, so he's mm. LGBT rights. He, he knows his stuff, mm. and he just went, cracked his knuckles and just went in, and I loved that, and he wasn't, he wasn't personal. He was factual, and that's yeah. the thing. If yeah. you come to me personally, then you don't have a leg to stand on. That's but it. also I've noticed a, a few people sharing Candace Owens' posts and not understanding who that woman is. Right. And she is, the only way I could describe to people that didn't know who she was, mm -hmm. she's the Katie Hopkins of the US of A. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah. She will say things to get a reaction. Yeah. But she's black. And she was being quite derogatory to her own people in a way i know we're all equal but if, if, if you understand what I'm, I'm saying with that yeah no i, I get you. she she wasn't nice at all and then i had a few friends share her video without doing the research on who that woman is so within the first minute you would have probably i would have probably agreed with her with what she said in that first minute yeah however if you go on to hear what she says in that second minute, if you go on to, she's clickbait. She definitely is clickbait. And if you go on to, um, to, to find out what she stands for, then you would realize that you've made a grave mistake in sharing that video. And I've, unfortunately I've had to unfriend a few people that shared her video because they just weren't listening and they just weren't willing to, to listen to my point of view. And mm. they agreed with her and thinking, I used to work with you yeah, quite I, closely. Mm. And I'm like, wow, if this is what you think all the time, then what, do, what have I meant to you in the past? So, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's so important at the moment for... So, I, I mean, I had a big rant about this the other day, the other day and this is before all of this happened, of like being a keyboard warrior. Yeah. Um, while we're in isolation and things like that. And it wasn't to do with racial issues. It was to do with COVID pandemic issues and PPE and health and safety, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's so easy to be a keyboard warrior. It's so easy to lash out your opinion. It's so easy to throw that in somebody's face if you've got a fact that you know counters the point that they're making and, and you know, creating, you know, like discourse and aggravation and things like that. I think it's so important, especially from Caucasian point of view, from white people's point of view, especially is that we take a minute to sit and listen. Yeah. Like, educate ourselves. Listen to people. Don't... Like, there are counter-arguments to every argument in the world. There's a reason why, like, debating is a huge thing. There's a reason why we have the House of Commons and things like that. It's because there is a counter-argument for every argument you'll ever make. But that does not mean that you have to lash out with it. Maybe mm-hmm. just sit and listen. Listen to what people say. Take on board how it affects them personally. There is a global movement happening, but it, you don't have to... Like, I've had a lot of people sort of... like I know a lot of people who have said, I don't know how to talk about this. I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know what this means to me and to other people around me. That's okay. That's okay, because... I think the important thing is take on board, educate yourself and listen because then you'll realise how it affects you and the people around you. Yeah, because I've had a lot of people saying, sorry, we've not shared this. Sorry, mm. we've not shared that. And I went, I don't want to share anything. I'm not asking you to share anything. No. I, I, I shared a post saying, some people are marching, some people are reading, some people are listening, some people are sharing on social media. No matter what your journey is, mm. keep going. And mm. we will all come together. Do, do you know what I mean? I'm like, and like I said, I've just, but also a good thing is a lot of people are messaging me going, how can I help you? Mm. What can I do to help you? Not the movement, because I feel that I'm a small fish in a big pond. So I'm going to start with one of my closest black friends. What can I do to help you? How do I understand how? And, and I'm thinking, that's that's been the most wonderful because like i say i have not addressed this with anybody no um i've had a couple of i've had a couple of well-known like big profile black singers call me mm. saying we agree with everything you said you, you you've put it into the words that we've been trying to put into for before you were born mm-hmm. yet you're speaking so eloquently and i think people are finally listening um but it's also that will, that there's a time now where people are showing their true colours and, we're, and we're, we come to the decision where I don't think we want to work with them anymore and stuff like that and it's mm. and I am um, social media is a funny funny place mm. because you will see people's true feelings and then you'll go and see them in the street and it will be completely different and I'm like but I've just seen what you put up on that yeah. post how, how can you talk to me in that way when what you've just posted is completely derogatory to me, to my family, to mm. everything. So I'm like, you need to make that decision. And now I'm like, I will gladly be on stage with them, but it doesn't mean I have to shake their hand. Mm-hmm. Do you know, it's, it's, it's one of those. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not being a diva saying, oh, I'm not working with that person, blah, 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 because we all have to work and everybody's got their views. Everybody has their views, whether yeah. you agree with them or not. Hence, you said debating. Yeah. But, but I'm being, I have to become tolerant to those views now if they are if they're personal to me then there will be a, a time i'm thinking i can't work with you but if 
I think just I think there's there's a lot of people that five years ago would not have even joined in this conversation, and that's what mm. we need to realise. They would have just gone, it's nothing to do with me. I'm just gonna just gonna nothing to do with me. I've I've got a black mate. I've got a black friend. He's all right. He's fine. He's, oh he's yeah, right. that that age old right. saying of yeah. yeah I'm, I'm black, not racist. I've got black friends. I'm not racist. I've got black friends. Which is a massive quote from the thick of it, which I've only just started understanding. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> um, uh, but but now that that it, it's it's just little things like I say throughout my um, throughout my childhood throughout my teenage years that I'm growing up that I'm like I'm at the age where I finally get it. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm grateful for this lockdown because most of this would have been swept under the carpet. I would have met. I wouldn't have joined. I wouldn't have joined in with this conversation because I would have been busy. Mm. Yeah, I mean it has happened at a time where people do have time to yeah. to think about what's happening and as we were saying you know like educate themselves listen to what's happening um it has come at a time where it has given people an opportunity to stop and think which is good um, yes that's what i mean and you know hopefully out of the people, darkness into the light hopefully people are going to take advantage of this to educate themselves um yeah and you know i mean there has been positives in the movement already yes um the yeah. fact that the the police officers um who arrested george floyd have all been convicted the brianna taylor the, everything there's been a brianna taylor movement with her uh, the bill that's been passed and, and yep. just so many things that america is huge yeah i mean and uh, and, and what uh, and do you know what uh, there's been a, somebody said this to me and it was i think it was the most ignorant thing i've ever ever heard that this whole thing in america has caused a racial divide in the uk that wasn't there in the first place i'm i'm i mean <laughs> i'm like wow if you don't think it was there then where the hell have you been it's just the fact that it's not it's always been there but yeah. you've just not seen it and uh, yeah wow i think that was the most ignorant thing that they could have said and they said a heck of a lot more but i'm not going to divulge into that because mm. it's it was one of those conversations i'm like i'm not going to get through to you mm. so there's been so much and 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 companies are now looking into things and everybody like i say this lockdown has given everybody a chance to look upon themselves look upon their business look upon their employees look upon the way that they think look upon the way that they act look upon the way how they react mm -hmm. to the situation um yeah. and it's it's just been it's just been eye-opening it really really has like certain companies have stayed quiet and they've been called out for it yeah, um certain yeah. companies have, have shouted loud but they've been called out for it on, on why you shouting out so it, 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 there's always going to be somebody on twitter that you ain't going to get on with do you know what? It, <laughs> is, it is difficult to know what to do like like i said i mean this is one of the reasons why i invited you on today because i mean we have developed a following of muses and mm -hmm. and i feel uh, a responsibility to what i do um to to have a fair and two-sided conversation 
rather than it be speaking from my point of view. I wanted to start a discussion mm-hmm. there. That's the reason we, we asked you to be here today. But uh, one thing I just want to want to go back to really quickly um, yep. is is people saying that this is an American issue. Yeah. And, and people saying that the, the UK doesn't have the same sort of racial divides and problems. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it because, I mean, we, I could probably say, you know, do a whole podcast on that itself of referring people to books and history and figures. But and the, the riots on Saturday from Tommy Robinson and the EDL, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, just just go and educate yourself. I tell you what, like you don't even have to read much. Just go on YouTube for twenty minutes. Just yeah. I I don't know, sit on social media and read something that's not from the same people as yourself, and just just have a think about what they have to say. And on in the same token as well, like I mean, obviously like BLM and things like that, and and it is important. Like, but what I want to stress as well is is trying to take on other people's point of view. Um, yes. Like, so the thing, the thing with me and, and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily going to talk about this, um, but the, the statues that have been torn down mm-hmm. um, of, you know, the, the founding fathers of the UK and, and the industry leaders. And the fact is that they, you know, their industry was built on slavery and racism mm-hmm. and, you know, these, these statues have been torn down. Now, I personally agree that those statues should be taken away. The thing is, with, with the Bristol one, mm. that, was, that was being taken down anyway. They've just, yeah. It was in the process of being taken down because there was a massive campaign to do that. They've just done it a little bit hand, haphandedly. Um, if we go, sorry to refer back to America, but if we no, look at on. their statues and stuff like that, mm. America is so much worse than the UK. They have slave owners on their money. Yeah. They have Columbus. They have Columbus Day. Yeah. They. D- t- it, there's, there's so much stuff over there. Like, eh? the, but <laughs> right, you need to take a, you need to take that, a look at yourselves before you start criticizing other people. But their founding fathers, like, so this is this is like essentially like what I was sort of getting to i think is yeah. that the founding fathers of america and the slave owners and traders of america all came from the uk yeah so we are the mother of that nation and the integrated racism of america derived from the integrated racism of the uk slave trading and owning came from a British empire, the Liverpool, Bristol, Plymouth, that that colonised half the world. So, if there is integrated racism, that comes systematically from the UK. The problem is, right, with the statues. I can understand why people have torn them down, and I totally agree with them. Yeah. It might be a little bit mob rule mentality with the fact that they've been torn down. If we'd have seen this, they've been taken down. Um, yeah, it, it was just a little bit angry for me. Which, but, but then again, I understand. However, yeah. mm. you have to look at places like Liverpool. Liverpool is such a multicultural, multicultural city. Mm. However, it's money... It was built 
because of the slave trade and it's yeah. one of those it's one of those things you're like ah and all those buildings that you see the docks and everything mm -hmm. it was built because of the slave trade so yeah. i think liverpool's had a blooming tough time in the years they've had a really tough time and it's um it's there's there's a there's another youtube link that if if you look on it he he said a so this is the thing in the media all you will see are the right not the it's not even a riot you'll see one side mm. because they're trying to paint it in a way that they're causing trouble my family went to the the march in nottingham and it was so peaceful Mm -hmm. so peaceful and that's the and that's the thing that's annoying me but so back to the statues again somebody put up an argument for me that it made me think twice but it also is blooming ridiculous mm. because they said the jewish community left outfitch as a memory mm. of what happened why can't we keep up the statues as a memory of what happened and you're like oh i'm gonna have to go back to you on that one mm. it's one of those questions you're like see but oh. that's, that's the thing and and these things should be an internal debate the fact is that that these figures have shaped the nation that we live in today yeah i i think for me like Okay, let's let's maybe not put statues of them up. Let's not celebrate them. That's the thing. There's a, there's a there's a the memorial of Auschwitz, but you don't see a memorial of Hitler, and that's the thing. That that was my argument. Mm. When you do not see a statue of Hitler, but you'll see the memorial of what happened. Yeah. So maybe we could have a memorial of what. Maybe we could have a memorial of what happened, not necessarily idolizing the person that blooming did it, and yeah. that was it. Mm -hmm. And and that's it. I mean, honestly, I think you know. Um, a lot of these statues should be brought down, um, should be yeah. taken away, but maybe not in mob rule and, and maybe not in, you know, the way that they've happened. But, you know, there is a lot of anger. There is a lot of frustration um, with everything that's happening at the moment. And it is understandable. Uh, but at the same time, you can see how other people might be angry at that. And, yeah. and, and it's, I think it's all about just trying to understand people's points of view. Yeah. It's trying to understand what the, why, why the other half feels the way they do. And instead of, you know, drawing your line in the sand and, and being aggressive about that and, and, you know, being like absolute about your opinion it's about yeah. maybe just having that discussion with the other side maybe we can get to somewhere that is cooperative which is less discriminatory the biggest pain that, that, that pains me the most once again, as in America, because I've not necessarily discovered it in, in the UK because it doesn't, I don't think it really happens. Mm. But it's the way that a white woman who feels, who's in the wrong, will threaten a black man with the threat of the police if he's done nothing wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've seen a lot of videos saying, I'm going to call the police and say there's a black man threatening me. 
And it's like, I've not done anything, but that is enough. Enough of a threat. Enough of a threat. And that is the thing for me. That is enough of a threat. Over here, it doesn't, it, it doesn't sit as well because no. the police are just like, you what? But over in America, that for like a lot of black men don't go out, don't go out after mm. a certain time. And, and, but it, it's that. It's mm. the, I, will, I don't really like using this phrase, it's the Karens of the world. Mm. as their as social media have put them yeah yeah like threatening mm. i will i will call the police and tell them there's a black person threatening me and that's enough and that's scary that they can use that it's yeah it's it's that is the, the that these are the things that need to start changing like that yeah. that can't be like accepted as the way things are that can't be a thing it can't be a thing but it is a thing and it needs to go exactly this this is what needs changing this is for me this is hopefully what will come out of this this explosion of a movement Mm. is 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 hopefully you know it started at that point of police abuse on racial communities now, on it, like I know for a fact, like we're, we're treading on eggshells because everybody's going to have an opinion. Not all police are bad. Not all black people are criminals. Not all politicians are corrupt. Not all of everything. There's no absolutes in this world. It, you, there is no like 100% definitive, this is what people do. There are uh, police officers who are working hard to be good and, you know, like, helpful for their communities in America as well. But there is a... Select few. There is an institutionalised culture within that part, that infrastructure of society that, that is inherently racist unfortunately and that needs to go so that kind of leads me on to sort of like the latter parts of what i wanted to discuss with you Uh sort of going forward so we've talked about like what the problems are and you know like i really appreciate you sharing some of the stories as well and what that's kind of meant to you as well um but what i want to talk about is like what you feel would be the way going forward how oh. how do we help these things how do we fix these things see this is the question i need ask mm. and to be quite honest i don't have an answer right now because i like i say i'm still learning mm. i'm still looking at how i personally deal with things how my mum dealt with things in the past and because a lot of a lot of our elders in our society are saying oh it's history repeating itself Mm. But the only thing about not repeating itself is the fact that we've got a lot of white, like I said at the start of this conversation, this seems we've got to a be lot of white difference. people mm. walking with us now. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a bit of a revolution in the way that it, it's joining people together Yeah. and moving forward. People are realising that you can't say that anymore. And that yeah. we, they're slowly weeding the vileness out. There's always going to be your people that are still stuck in 1975, love thy neighbour, blooming 
pickaninnies type thing mm. do you know what i mean using those and, that, and that's the polite that's me saying the polite ones yeah um yeah, okay. but there's also still going to be the ones that go oh my friend's colored and i'm like yeah right here yeah. we go um and it's it's just you're not going to change them because they're instilled in the ways but our generation we have seen so much our age my yeah. goodness, the eighties, there was nothing. The ninth the, to me, the nineties were the best were the best era ever because we didn't have camera phones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but we have seen so much. We nine eleven, um Obama in office. Do, do you know what I mean? We I mean even as if a you generation go back, our age. Yeah, even if you go back further, you're looking at the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Our age. It's like looking back at the nineteen fifties, it was illegal for a black and white person to marry mm. so our age we have seen so much like um lgbt rights the, the the black movement everything and i think this this pandemic has made us realize we are not invincible mm. nobody is invincible anybody any color can suffer a, 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 an illness that can kill you so i think also, sorry, I, I will get to my point. It's kind of going a roundabout way to get to my point. It's okay. It, it's, this, this pandemic has made people realise, it's, it's brought people closer together in a way that we are all the same. We have the same blood. We have the same, okay, not the same genes, but do you know what I mean? Underneath this, anybody, anybody can get hit with an illness. And the Black Lives Matter movement is making people realise, well, what if this was the other way around? What would we do? How would we, how would we do it? And people are actually now speaking out with the fact that you can't say that. You can't do that. That's wrong. But then it's not necessarily the saying that's wrong. They're saying that's wrong and knowing why. Mm. And that's the thing. It's knowing why it's wrong. Um, so in answer to your question... I don't know, but I do hope. So, I it's have a good thing. Some small theories of myself, mm -hmm. like um, so so I've heard certain things from certain members of like founding members of the BLM movement and things like that, who have said that they want to change the infrastructure of government and stop funding the police and put that into um, underfunded communities, things like that. And ideologically, these things are great. But personally, I don't think they're very practical. The purge would happen if, that, if it did that. I don't exactly. If, if, you, if you get rid of the police, then it's, you, you, you're not... You, Anarchy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're not helping anything. You're, literally, what you're going to do then is have military rule. You have to be the change within the change. Exactly. So, so mm, getting people in to places of, uh, putting inverted commas, power, like Barack Obama, who's in charge of the free world at one point, you, need, you just need to support. We need black history in schools. That's my biggest thing. So this I, is... learned about the Russian, I learned about the Russian Revolution. I learned more going to the Maritime Museum two years ago with my mum than I learned through my whole of my... Um, mm -hmm. second year, um, secondary school years because I learned about the Ogliarchs, is that how you pronounce it? Oligarchs. In the Oligarchs, thank you. I was trying to, is in no there. Um, and the Russian Revolution. Mm -hmm. 
What use has the Russian Revolution got to my life right now? Not really. Exactly. Not so really. Anyway, so that, that, was, that was my gripe. That's, and my mum being a head teacher mm-hmm. in an inner city school mm. with so many different black, Asian, minority, ethnic groups in there, mm. they learned about it. They had African lessons. They had this lesson. I went, I sat that. I used to go to my mum's school on a regular basis, just sit in the back of the class and learn. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I mean, that's kind of where I was getting to with my point of like, mm. um, you know, I've heard like one particular member of, uh, of the BLM who said, oh, we don't want our people to climb the ladder. We want to push the ladder over. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's um, like, I don't think that's feasible. That's not I a way forward. That's the right thing to say. No, no, it isn't. No. So personally, I feel it's all about changing the culture and the way you change the culture is to educate the youth that's exactly it the way the way you change society is as we were saying before none of us are born racist none of us are born with these preconceived ideas of oh i'm different to you so the way you fix these things is start to re-educate the youth of tomorrow in in this is where we've come from these things aren't right and discriminating people and thinking that you're better than somebody else because of any of the differences that you have is wrong so don't do that anymore we are Mm -hmm. all equal we should all be given equal opportunities in this world and i mean it might sound like a lot of people might say that sounds idealistic well do you know what let's shoot for idealistic because that's the way you start change that's the way you make things happen re-educate people make people think differently like mm-hmm. we're, we're as we were saying we're approaching middle age now you know if we're not there already Mm-hmm. Like our time for education is, has happened. Like we can learn every day and then change the world for the better for our next generations. But the way you make the next generation better is to then re-educate them, is to, is to teach them differently. So they go into society and into the world after the education process with a different mindset. I hope, I hope this chat has helped you understand where I'm coming from with things and the way I've kind of interpreted myself online. Like I said, I've, I've not been, I'm sharing this video. I'm sharing this video. I'm sharing this video. I've just been, this happened to me. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. This happened. This happened. Just going to put that in your mind. I've been like a little, little droplets of of little things. I've not tried to stick it because I've noticed like if I try and shove it down people's throats, but I've also, I, my grandma always said, um, my grandma always had a, a saying, it's, 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 I see you, me see you. So that can mean two things is I see you as in, I see what you're doing or me see you because you're hiding. And that's why I've kept putting, mm. I see you on the bottom of my post saying, I see you, I see you in front of me, but I also see you hiding. It's mm. one of those, I'm just including everybody. So I went, I see you. I do. I see you. So, like I said, I'm not excluding anybody from my post, but I'm also not directing my post to anybody in particular. If you feel that what I've said to you is personal, then maybe I've triggered something. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm not, I've not intentionally gone, you're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist because you haven't supported or haven't said anything online mm. about the Black Lives Matter movement. And I just want to make that clear. I've never said that and I never will say that. Everybody mm. has their own journey and everybody has their own way of understanding and everybody has their own way of learning. And like I said, this whole journey is a learning curve. Well, I think that very much kind of sums up what we've been trying to say today. Um, everybody who's listened this far, I like, just want to say thank you very much. Like, it's 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 a tumultuous and difficult subject, and and I really appreciate you all listening. Um, and just go away, carry on your journey, as Haley said. Um, go and read go and listen go and talk to somebody go and make a friend just as, as if you're moving forward with it then you're doing something good um which is an amazing thing Haley, i want to say thank you so so much for Absolute coming on pleasure. the podcast it's 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 been enlightening it's been lovely to speak to you it's been um everything that i wanted this interview to be um, I really, I really appreciate you being with us today. Um, but guys, uh, as as we said, um, what I'll try and do is I'll try and post some links to places where you can go and educate yourself, where you can go and just 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 places like starting off point. I'll put them in the comments of the podcast there as well, just to sort of um, gives you somewhere to go and look if you want to. Um, but even even if you don't go away and educate yourself, just do me a little favor and don't discriminate just just even even if you're not going to go and sympathize and empathize just don't uh, don't discriminate don't racially abuse somebody don't you know even even if it just increases tolerance even if it just changes your mindset just just you know what i mean there's, there's no room for aggressive or discriminatory action. These, these are the cultural things. These are the triggers that need to change. Uh, but guys, thank you so, so much. Um, we're going to leave you on that one. We'll chat to you next week. See you soon. And um, bye. Mm-hmm.